0: He is, I think, regarded as the most prolific writer in Chinese history.
1: Whoa, okay. Yes. Wow, I I wish you had started with that. Hey there, and welcome to Taiwan Talk, where we share the stories of people living in Taiwan. I'm Trevor Tordomasi, and joining me in the studio today is Dr. Lin Lijiang, the National Palace Museum's Department Director of Painting, Calligraphy, Rare Books, and Historical Documents. That is awesome. Dr. Lin, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. (laughs) (laughs) So, the National Palace Museum, or NPM, I guess, has recently opened up a new exhibit on Wang Shizhen. Am I saying that correctly?
0: Yes, very correct. Okay,
1: thank you. Uh, (laughs) Who is Wang Shizhen? And why is his work uh, so important to Chinese history?
0: Wang Shizhen was a scholar living in the Ming Dynasty around 16th century. Mm -hmm. Uh, He was born in 1526 and died in 1590s. But um, I think that the most important thing about him, he was regarded as the leader of a literary revival at that time.
1: Now this is during which dynasty again? Ming
0: Ming dynasty. Ming dynasty.
1: And that is after the After After the Tang dynasty?
0: Uh, so w- we have Tang dynasty, Song dynasty, mm-hmm. Yuan dynasty that's by Mon- uh, conquered by Mon- Mongol people. Mm-hmm. And then the Ming dynasty and then come to the Qing.
1: Okay. Okay. Now listeners will have to forgive me because I, I know that people learn this in elementary school or high school or, yeah. or wherever in Taiwan, but I did not learn this growing up, so I'm, I'm having trouble putting them all together. But. Yeah, don't
0: worry about that. Okay. even my student can understand okay. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> they just lose control.
1: There's a, there's a lot of dynasties. Yes. Okay, so in the 1500s, Wang Su um is this this key figure in mostly literature you said.
0: literature, history, even collections.
1: He was painting too, or he was mostly writing.
0: He's mostly, he's a writer. He writes literary works like poetry and all kinds of lyrics, but he's also a historian. He is, I think, regarded as the most prolific writer in Chinese history.
1: Whoa, okay. Yes. Wow, I, I wish you had started with that. That's a, <laughs> that's a fascinating fact because there's so, 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 so much history um, and so much well-preserved history too, which is something I think is is so amazing, like that it goes back so far mm-hmm. and you can still read all these kinds of things that people have been writing yes, for thousands so
0: of years. Yes, that's the theme of our exhibition mm-hmm. that we title it as Xie Jing Fan Hua, that he wrote so many things about the world around him I think when he he was only maybe 30s, he wrote a book. He criticized all of the poetry, all of the poems in Chinese history.
1: Mm -hmm. You cannot
0: imagine how a person could read so many and have so many opinions on everything.
1: Okay, so I'm I'm not that smart. If I were to criticize something, <laughs> I might say, ah, this sucks. But what is his criticism like? Like this pointed, skilled literary criticism that he's is, is worthy of putting in a museum. Like what is something that he might have written?
0: Um, he liked to make a hierarchical order. He would say that who is the number one writer in Chinese history mm-hmm. and who is really good at writing tongue poems. That's how he become famous, because he is not just criticized on the historical figures. He also criticized on the people around him. So people really try to get his attention. If they can be putting on his list, they will become famous.
1: If you can get him to criticize you, then it might make you more famous. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's, that's pretty cool. Thing.
0: He was actually um, a, a real genius. Legend has it that he remembered everything he read.
1: I know some people like that. (laughs) (laughs) Not me, though.
0: (laughs) Not me Uh either. Um, He only have to sleep for a while and then he become energetic again.
1: Oh, man, I'm so jealous of people like that. too. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: think the successful people have that kind of characteristics, Mm -hmm. that kind of ability. Don't have to sleep at
1: all. (laughs) Right. It's sort of a gift and a curse. But I imagine that because so much of his literary wit came from his like really pointed view of the world, I imagine that sleeping less might <laughs> awaken that kind of a worldview in him.
0: Yeah, the, the, the book I talk about when he was uh, he finished in his 30s, he said that just during the summer months, he has nothing to do. So he read books and begin to write on notes. And then later on, he just collect all those notes he written. And then become a book. So <laughs> I really envy that. <laughs> if I Man, I need
1: that. to I need to go back and organize my diary then. <laughs> right. I don't have to. I, my book's already written. So
0: the title of our exhibition is about uh, the writing he wrote and how he preserved the artistic movement at that time. It's really amazing. We will present to our audience about the legend between him and his rivals.
1: Okay. <laughs> you know if you're going to be famous, you need some rivals yes okay
0: especially the the first uh, the prologue is about how his father got killed by a very famous prime minister at that time just because of one painting uh, in in Chinese history. Uh, there's a very famous painting called Qingming Shanghe Tu, up to the river in, during the Qingming time. Uh, it's a very popular painting and people really like it. So it was created in the Song Dynasty around maybe 1000 years AD. And so when it come to the uh, 16th century, this painting already a legend. Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to have it. And this famous prime minister, he was so powerful. And people try to bribe him with all kinds of artifacts. So he asked Wang Shizhen's father to get this original for him, but he failed. So this prime minister killed him.
1: Oh, wow. Because Wang of Shizhen's that. Wang Shizhen's father. Yes. Oh, man. Okay.
0: So Wang Shizhen was so furious, he really tried to avenge for that. So, all his life, he created a lot of things. The goal for his life, part of it, is to revenge for his father. So, forget that. So, it's the beginning of the exhibition. It involved one famous painting, the Qingming Shanghe Tu. Mm. And also, legend has it Wang Shizhen wrote an erotic novel to induce Yan Song, this prime minister, to read it. And while reading it, he might taste the poison put on the book.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> they had really creative ways of attacking each other back then.
0: Yeah, if you ever see the, uh, saw the movie, uh, The Name of the Roses.
1: The Name of the Roses. I haven't heard it. What is it in Chinese?
0: Mm-hmm. It was uh, created from a novel. So it's also about something that people read a book and got poisoned by it. Because they read it by using their... How they say? It.
1: Is it like when they when they turn the page and they yeah. lick their fingertips in that yes. okay. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I want to be careful not to touch my books anymore. <laughs> so this painting you were mentioning is that painting still around? Is it at the museum? Yes,
0: uh, it is still today mm-hmm. in the Palace Museum in Beijing. But there are so many copies of that particular painting around the world. Probably hundreds of them. And then even in the Ming Dynasty in the 16th century, Southern China, there are so many copies of it. So when Song tried to get one of them, it's easy for him to come across a forgery.
1: Wow. I actually suddenly have questions about forgeries. Um, when you're studying all these things that are at the, the National Palace Museum, do you ever come across something and realize that it's not the original? Or Of course. Oh, man. Many of them. <laughs> that is crazy. And then what do you do? I guess you keep it because it's still a piece of history, right?
0: Yes, because um, the collection in the Palace Museum is actually an imperial collection accumulated by the Qing emperors. Uh, their subject will sometimes would give them what they can find. A lot of them are present. So usually the emperor will just take them. Instead of say, okay, that's forgery, kill him or right. something like that. I
1: mean, he'll just take whatever he can get because yes. he's emperor. he wants lots of stuff. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so there's a lot of forgery in the collections, mm. but still, we have the most famous paintings in our collection as well. Not all of them are forgeries, I have mm. to say. <laughs>
1: Okay. Well, yes, of course you have to say that because most of them are, and they're all part of real history too. Yes. Okay. So just to be clear, this uh, exhibition on Wang Shizhen, it opened on October 5th um, and it's running through December 25th this year, right? Yes. And then there will be a second exhibition from December 28th through next year march 21st yes so i've been practicing <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. how much research and planning goes into setting up an exhibition like this
0: i think that the ideal time would be three or four years
1: wow uh,
0: but we are not living in the ideal world so right. <laughs> for this exhibition we spent about 11 months if I could have more oh, time, okay. that would be wonderful. But for this exhibition, uh, we got this mission last November. So the things we're trying to do is we organize a team. And we also ask people, uh, those experts on the mean culture to give us some lessons. So at the first two months, we've been learning, researching, studying and mm-hmm. all that
1: man so uh, putting all this together in 11 months most of the things in the exhibition already the museum has those things yes and you're just kind of collect you're putting them in one more specific place. Yes, something like that. Do you ever have to go somewhere else in the world, maybe China or or elsewhere, to get something and bring it to the exhibition?
0: Yeah, if I could do that, if I have more time, mm. I, I really would like to do that because Wang Shizhen also collected a lot of paintings that are not housed in our collection mm. at all. Uh, they are uh, all over the world. Uh, some of them are in Shanghai, in Beijing, and even in Washington, D.C., okay. Oh, wow! Yeah, so it, it's really amazing how much or how many works he has been collected and commented on. So when I try to research on him, it's really like mission impossible. But I, I get to learn a lot mm-hmm. through the whole process.
1: And how many? Um, you've you've organized many other exhibitions as well. No, this
0: is a second one. The second I, one. I'm a teacher, still a, a mm-hmm. teacher in National Taiwan Normal University, and I took on this job just last year. So this is the uh, the first exhibition I'm really in charge
1: of. That, that's awesome. Um, so uh, going into talking about the National Palace Museum itself, the museum has hundreds of thousands of artifacts and artworks. Obviously, they can't all be displayed at once. I even read on the uh, National Palace Museum's website that it might take a lifetime to see all of them or to truly appreciate all of them. Them. but around how many are there in total
0: um it's about seven hundred thousand pieces of artifacts in total
1: wow and then which things in the museum are the oldest
0: Oh, we actually have Neolithic object, jade, carved jade, that is maybe 4,000 years ago or 5,000 years ago uh, being made and still preserved in uh, the imperial collection. When Qianlong have it, he probably didn't know how old that is, so he put on his poems. He have someone to carve his poem on the jade tablet. So you get to see the old combined with the new.
1: Right, yeah. And can you, for example, read maybe a poem or or a few lines written by someone and kind of feel maybe at what point in history this was written? Like if you were to see maybe a few sentences in, in the ancient Chinese script mm-hmm. and read them, would you be able to think to yourself, mm, this sounds like it was written at this time. How do you go about dating something?
0: Mm, if it's poems, I'm not that confident oh, okay. to say, but if it's a painting... Mm-hmm. I probably can't tell you. Oh, wow, okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. So how have these paintings' styles changed over time throughout Chinese history?
0: According to Wang Shizhen, mm-hmm. he noticed the Chinese landscape painting gone through five different kinds of transitional periods. So he put the Tang Dynasty at the beginning. He said that the landscape painting was formed in Tang Dynasty and then go to the Five Dynasty, Song Dynasty and Yuan Dynasty. And so he really looked at the different kind of stylistic changes. And put them into the historical framework because he's a historian. Uh, so when he think about the problems, he always think it in the historical structure. I, I think that one of the very unique way of describing Chinese painting is the landscape painting, and that all come from uh, evolved from the Tang Dynasty all the way till modern time. And for Chinese people, especially for the scholar painters. They believe that the landscape painting can represent what they think, the inner image of their mind.
1: What kinds of changes have you seen in these painting styles over hundreds and hundreds of years? Do you see the skills getting better, maybe more detail, or do you see different colors used or what helps you to date a painting if you look at something?
0: So during the Tang Dynasty they use a lot of colors. Mm-hmm. We don't have much uh, survived till today. Recently they are they have a lot of archaeological finds mm-hmm. and then they use very thick pigment, very colorful. And when it come to the Song Dynasty, everything changed. People focusing on imitate the nature. It, it would be a very paradox to think that when people try to imitate nature, they should use bright color because the world is have a lot of colors. Mm-hmm. But in the Song Dynasty, they use ink only black and white to imitate the nature and still they can capture the essence of you know seasonal changing and they they can illustrate a specific time during a day like Mm. in the morning or at noon and even in the afternoon the song people are really into the realistic representation of the environment around them so when i look at paintings If they are really realistic, usually they are Song Dynasty artworks. But when you come to later time, especially Yuan or Ming or Qing, they are more emphasized on the brushwork Mm. of some particular painters. So at that time, realistic is not important. The very personal weight of expression is the most important thing. So... (laughs) Usually in the Yuan dynasty or the Ming dynasty, they are not really into the realistic way of describing the landscape anymore. You get to see a very interesting brushwork. They try to express themselves through the brushes. I don't know whether...
1: No, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Which periods in Chinese history showed the greatest leaps forward in art, do you think?
0: I think that really depends on um, how you look at them. In terms of techniques, maybe the Qing dynasty. Because at that time, there are so many different kind of pigment imported into China. And also uh, some scientific perspective has been employed in their paintings. Mm. But if you look at the essence of the nature of the painting being recreated, I would say the Song dynasty probably will be uh, the, the most drastic change, breakthrough from the previous time.
1: And when people find these paintings, what exactly. kinds of places are people discovering them?
0: When they, uh, in China, when they mm-hmm. try to construct it, a new buildings, they dig up something. And then a lot of time they will dig up a Five Dynasty or even a Shang Dynasty, Zhou Dynasty. Because Whoa. <laughs> so a lot of uh, discovery are actually uh, a rescued one mm-hmm. because of the new construction.
1: And how are these things preserved I, I i imagine that when someone finds an old old painting mm-hmm. it doesn't look like how it looks now in a museum you have to maybe work on restoring colors or what's that process like have you been a part of that process before or no
0: i've been oh. reading in on books oh, okay okay that's fair <laughs> but because we have to like the painting house in our collection are mostly handed down mm. and sometimes we don't know exactly which dynasty they belong. So those archaeological finds are very important. They form a framework for us to compare, and then we will understand in what position our collection will be. And so the archaeological finds are very important, and recently there are so many of them. In China, they really put up a lot of effort to preserve those mural paintings and sometimes they even construct a whole museum like the Qing Terracotta Army. They just constructed a, a big roof on the side of it.
1: Are there some artifacts in the National Palace Museum or even in this exhibit whose origins or meaning we still don't completely understand?
0: Mm, yeah, so many of them. <laughs> so many of them, okay. <laughs> and also, for example, Ming Huang Xing Shu Tu, mm-hmm. uh, a painting depicted the Tang Emperor flee because of the rebellion of the other tribe. Usually, we, we don't even know exactly whether it's a Tang brother or not. The one house in our collection is supposed to be a copy done by the Song people. And so the exact meaning or the exact production of that, still a mystery to us. But somehow we put it into our exhibition because Wang Shizhen talked about how the painting style changed from tongue to song. So it's very proper for us to put this painting in this position to illustrate the tongue style. But for the painting itself, it still remains a lot of question to be worked on.
1: Okay, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of the time I feel like maybe you have to just put up something that you know is very interesting, but then also go like, eh, you know, we think this is probably what this means, but part of it has been lost to, to history. Which. Artifact or piece of art would you choose to share with the world uh, if you could share only one? It's kind of like, do you have a favorite? Maybe you have a favorite So
0: how much time do I have?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, you have a lot. You can pick a few favorites.
0: Um, I think one very interesting phenomenon is that at that time, there are so many frustrated scholars. They couldn't really pass the examination Mm -hmm. to serve in the government. So they devoted their effort, energy onto art. A lot of them can paint, a lot of them will create dramas. So there comes a very important genre called literati paintings. And usually that kind of paintings combine painting with poetic artworks or uh, they will just write
1: write the poem on the artwork? Yes. Okay.
0: And sometimes they just document it why they painted. Such a painting, and it will be uh, a very personal record or the personal expression about their life or the literary gathering among their friends. So I think that it stands out uh, in the art world, around the world. Uh, the Chinese literati paintings. And that kind of genre also influenced Korea or maybe Japan uh, in the the East Asia world. And what do you
1: call that in Chinese, the literati paintings?
0: Wen So one of my favorites would be Wen Zhengming's uh, Snow Landscape Painting. That painting is really long. It's probably uh, more than eight meters long, something like that. And it's all about the snowscape. And in that whole painting, you get to see the very complicated mountain. You know, the Chinese landscape painting usually uh, one of the things is how to construct the mountain with the river. Usually, you have to imagine you are one of the passenger mm-hmm. on the paintings, and then you will enjoy the journey all the way through the painting. And that particular painting, there's a, a traveler with his horse appear four or five times.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And also it's so long that to experience the whole painting you have to like walk along it. So you're already moving to yes. to look at it. That's So
0: usually that's a, the pa- passage of time and space.
1: Mm, yeah. Yeah. Third and fourth dimensions for that mm-hmm. painting. Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: So I remember that painting has been remade into a Christmas card.
1: Oh, really? (laughs) That's a big Christmas card.
0: (laughs) No, no, they they make it into uh, a small card. Mm -hmm. They cross a section of it and then this guy on the horse becomes the center. I think that that's a very interesting way uh, to remade it.
1: Yeah, a a little bit of Western influence on that painting, but that's pretty funny. Um, Is there anything else that you'd like to say to the people of Taiwan? Something about art, something that you've learned along the way about studying all this history?
0: I think it's really lucky for me that I can study those beautiful things, those artworks. I would hope that everyone in Taiwan can also enjoy watching them, appreciate those artworks, and really feel fortunate we still have this great cultural relics around us. Yes. <laughs> okay, that's
1: awesome. Well, uh, if you're interested in all this stuff, uh, Wang Shizhen and his thoughts on art and also just all kinds of art and poetry from these uh, these times um, in Chinese history, go check out the Wang Shizhen exhibition at the National Palace Museum running until December 25th this year and the next exhibition from December 28th through March 21st of next year. And Dr. Lin, thank you again for joining us in the studio today. Thank you. And thank you listener for listening. If you enjoyed today's chat, please consider leaving us a nice iTunes review or sharing this podcast with a friend. In the meantime, try to visit the National Palace Museum and stay curious. Until next time, I'm Trevor Tortomasi on ICRT-FM 100. If you'd like to hear more from ICRT, you can check out our other podcasts. We've got Taiwan This Week, a roundup of the news in Taiwan every Friday, English in the News for useful English expressions explained in Chinese, and EZ News, spelled with the letters E and Z, for simplified daily news. For some lighter news in both English and Chinese, check out News Bites and News for Kids. And if you enjoy them, tell a friend. Thanks for listening.